good 19th. And believe it or not, we are coming down the home stretch, uh, home stretch of this season of our Romans Rewind little devotionals. So we've been walking concurrently with our series, preaching series through the book of Romans on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks Killarn. We take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday to sort of come behind the sermon, uh, pick up themes and ideas and verses and pieces of theology maybe that we didn't get a chance to explore as much as we would have wanted to. And, um, but now we are um, drawing this season to an end because we're about to take a break from preaching through Romans. So here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be done with Romans 9 through 10. We're going to take the summer, and let me go ahead and mention this briefly. I want to talk about it some more this Sunday, but we're going to do a series this summer called The Story of Israel, and it's going to be kind of a recap of redemptive history in the Old Testament, kind of like a survey. And we want to highlight significant developments in the life of the nation of Israel over the course of the Old Covenant, because that's going to set us up uh, very nicely when we get back into Romans 11 in August, where we are thinking about where the nation of Israel is, the ethnic people of the Old Covenant, God's, uh, the, the Jews under the Old Covenant, and what their future is. And so thought that this would be a good way to take a little break from Romans, but do something that would tie in well and give us a backdrop as we head um, into Romans in the fall. So anyway, long story short, we have two more days of this and we're going to take a break for about three months. So we'll be back at it uh, towards the end of the summer. But we are um, at the end now of Romans 9 and Paul has been making his case that the word of God has not failed. It has not fallen. Uh, the words of God have not fallen. Um, even despite the fact that ethnic Israel has in mass um, primarily rejected their own Messiah and the, and the Gentiles have been ushered in to the kingdom, uh, but the word of God has not failed. And, and Paul leans here heavily on the sovereign purposes of God, God's unconditional election. Well, I want to, want to um, go off something that we talked about last week um, during the sermon as Paul quotes two Old Testament passages. And as we read this text, I want you to think about two um, related but yet distinct truths and how they are ultimately ultimately resolved for us in the gospel in Jesus. And, and, and here they are. Let me state them, then we're going to read the passage, and I'll show, hopefully show them to you. Number one, um, God is not impressed with our righteousness. There is no amount of righteousness that God is overly enamored with. Let's put it that way. While at the same time, God is not deterred by our sin. So I want you to think about those two things and how we hold them in tension simultaneously. Um, God, God is not impressed with our righteousness. He is not deterred by our sin. No, no. Where do we get that? All right, let's look at Romans 9, verses 25 through 29. Let me read those for us. As indeed, he says in Hosea, those who are not my people, I will call my people. And her who is not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. 
And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. So let's tackle that first statement first, that God is not enamored or impressed or obligated to our righteousness, regardless of our background. Okay, so in verse 27 here, Paul, um, in quoting Isaiah, has a very pointed word related to the sons of Israel. And he reminds us that, spiritually speaking, they are as the sand of the sea. Um, To them belong the covenants, the promises, all the things that we looked at in Romans 9 and those first couple of verses. And, um, And, but despite all their spiritual advantages and having a front row to the seat of redemption and the story of redemption, yet, Paul reminds us in Romans 27, I mean, 927, only a remnant of them will be saved and that the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay, which obviously sounds very ominous. Um, What Paul seems to be pointing here, and he's been pointing to it all chapter, and we're going to even touch on it this week in, in our Sunday message, is that Israel did not pursue a righteousness by faith. They pursued a righteousness of works as a means of attaining favor with God. And that despite, though, of having all the outward trappings of religion and the blessings of the covenant, God says, if the Lord had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. I mean, those are fighting words. Those are are bad words to a Jew, right? Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, undoubtedly the two most notorious cities in all of the Old Testament, destroyed because of their great wickedness and immorality, sexual immorality and otherwise. And they were such a byword. They, they, it was such a thing not to be named. No one even knew at the time where the remains of Sodom and Gomorrah were. Uh, they, had, they were obliterated. God brought down fire and brimstone and utterly destroyed those cities. Well, what, what's, what's Isaiah saying? Well, if God had not intervened with Israel, okay, if God had not saved a remnant, the whole nation was heading on the path of Sodom and Gomorrah. None were going to be saved. They were all pursuing uh, righteousness in a way that relied on their own efforts versus leaning upon the grace of God. And God was not impressed with their righteousness because it wasn't really a righteousness, right? It had not penetrated the depths of their heart. God is not impressed. God, God is not obligated to them. Um, it is only by his sheer grace that a few, a remnant, were saved out of that nation. So that, that's our first lesson. Very appropriate for us who have religious backgrounds, who've grown up in religious homes, who have a cult, cultural heritage of Christianity. It's a reminder, God is impressed with none of it, okay? apart from a saving relationship with Christ that penetrates and transforms the heart. Now, while that is true, at the same time, God is not dissuaded or deterred by our sin. Okay, now where do we see this? Let's go back to verse 25 in Romans 9. 
He says, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. God here in, in Paul here in quoting in from Hosea is obviously referencing the Gentiles. Now, Gentiles were the heathen. They were the pagan. For us evangelical Christians, um, they were the equivalent, okay, of the world, the cultural elites, the progressives. I mean, the, the, the Gentiles were the lawbreakers, and Jews did not have anything to do with Gentiles. Uh, they were far from the kingdom of God, unrighteous to the hilt. Yet, somehow, some way, Paul tells us, those who were not God's people, and if you're not one of God's people, you are one of God's enemies. Those are the only two categories the Bible gives us. Those who were at one time not God's people are now not just his people, but his beloved. Those whom he cherishes, those whom he has drawn to himself, those whom he has taken into intimate relationship with him. They are, in fact, sons of the living God. Now, how did this happen? Well, as we're going to see this Sunday, it happened because they pursued righteousness, not of their own merit. Uh, that was the whole problem with the Jews. They pursued righteousness, understanding it was only by the sheer grace of God that they were given the gift of salvation by his mercy. And this they received. And, and again, some of us need to keep this in mind. We can be sometimes so hard upon ourselves, so, so living in a uh, veneer culture shell of shame and of guilt and of discouragement, um, because we think our sin is a deterrent to God, there is no sin that is too great for God not to forgive. There is no sin too great for God not to wipe away. He simply asks of us a confessional, repentant heart that doesn't want to hold on to those things, but wants to release them, confess them, and seek the mercy and grace of God through Christ in forgiveness. I would submit to you that all of the problems of the Christian life can be put into one of those two categories, right? That we're either presuming upon the grace of God, thinking that he is impressed with our righteousness, our performance, and trying to obtain such, and in the, and in the meantime, getting caught up in legalism and um, uh, just a, a sort of works-oriented, trying to please God in our own flesh. Either our problems lie there and are thinking too much of ourselves, or our problems lie in the fact that we think that there is no way that God could love and forgive a worm like us, which of course is a, just another form of pride, right? But it's a different kind of pride. It's a different kind of pride that doesn't exalt the all-sufficient mercy and grace of Jesus. So which camp do you fall into? Um, you probably fall into one or the other at different times, right? Depending upon the issue, depending upon what the circumstance or the struggle but Paul wants us to remember, and, he, and, and we need to remember this as believers, God is, um, God is never impressed with our righteousness or deterred by our sin, no matter how great we think either one is. And this is only possible because of Jesus. All right, let's pray. Lord, go before us today um, and give us confidence in who you are and your grace and your mercy 
um, that our righteousness is found in you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, see you tomorrow for the final Romans Rewind of the season.